We've reached the new year of 2020 and a cutoff story from stories that are mostly from last year because the week ended on the Friday is this one at a number 11 Two Wisconsin Supreme Court justices target with anti-Semitic threats. Check that one out. Very big story from WISN.com. Their article written up there posted on Saturday, the 26th of December. But since it's number 11, we're going to move on and get to the stories that you said were the tops, the top 10 stories per your request here on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne for the week ending January the 1st, 2021. Had to pause a second to remember that the new year is in. I already had to write a check this year, so writing checks is odd in 2021 is an odd one as well. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the Weekly Wrap-Up. The Weekly Wrap-Up is a podcast that wraps up the weekly stories as the top 10 stories that you said were the most important or, as you say, most conversational throughout the week. Not necessarily stories that are breaking news headlines that get stuck on the breaking news headlines for the week, but stories that you tell us are really conversational things that are interesting to go to. So you let us know by following us on Facebook and Twitter, Facebook. We're at, this is a conversation We're the blue speech bubble looking thing on Twitter. Look for TH underscore conversation. And this is all a part of what I call, we call the people working on it, the conversation project. And what it does, it finds interesting stories to talk about and people who are interesting to talk about the interesting stories. You are a part of it by going to our social media and following and engaging with the stories, liking, loving, hating them, sharing them. And at the end of the week, we go from Friday about midnight to Friday about 5 a.m. We give you a countdown of stories from top to bottom, mostly. Top this week, as always, the number one story. The bottom this week, 187. 187 distinct different stories that we posted on this week. Uh, we put the Facebook and the Twitter stories into a spreadsheet, does an al- algorithm, and gives us one true score. And we use that to rank everybody from top to bottom. If you have problems with that, you can, one, vote for other stories that just engage in those stories. Or email me at inbox at gmail.com for comments, comments, problems, issues, whatever you want to. Just the chit-chat as well. We'll take that as well. Now, this project, this podcast, the whole thing is powered by you. So it's important that you are subscribed to the podcast. Those that people, we get those download numbers as well. You also, if you think that what we have is quality you want to keep what you have going in the air. It is aggregation, but it is journalism as well. Uh, go to our website at thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships and be a partner. Find a way that you can partner with us directly or just highlight any any of our highlighted sponsors. Just uh, go to their stores online. We get affiliate commissions. Uh, be a little piece from the buy you get, and it costs you nothing extra. We get a little bit of a buy for basically referring you to the store. Check those out at any link we have on any of our platforms, a newsletter on the website, and of course inside the feed as well, and what we may bring up here in the podcast. 2021 means a lot of great things we're planning to to do for this podcast, revamping, uh, unvamping new stuff that's totally new stuff, and hopefully very soon we'll find a time to schedule in time to bring back in the interview with playing the brackets game because that makes this thing a lot more fun to do you get more information, insights to other people, and, of course, meet conversational people and learn about their projects and podcasts. Right now, let's go ahead and get into this podcast right here. For this week, this first week of the year, or actually first, second day of the year as we record this on the Saturday. So let's go ahead and get started at number 10. Drunk dude at Circle K spouts the N-word, gets obliterated with a twisted T-can. We pulled this story from BroBible.com. 
Tuesday, the 29th of December is when we actually posted it. The only reason why we're talking about it, because it was a pretty good Twitter story, is because it got a lot of Facebook love to push it into the top 10, and that's why it's here. It's the top Facebook story of the week. Enough Facebook love to be the top Facebook story and to push this story out of the outskirts and into maybe the almost rands, the 111 through 15, into the movement for the week for an actual story. Bump in response from the number 11 cutoff story is 2.67%. Now, this is one that's actually been going around for a while, and it took us a while to find an article to actually post on this. This is something that there were tweets on, there were little clips of, there was little blurbs back and forth, but we have to have some sort of tangible article to attend to to put it into our countdown. That's just one of the rules. It can't just be a blurb of something. It has to be something that was written up by someplace so we can actually refer to it. And we finally did that. And it's a pretty simple story. Some drunk dude at a Circle K is basically spouting the N-word and said, I'm not going to stop saying it. Then some other dude grabs a can of Twisted Tea and blasts the guy in the head with it. Now, unlike the guy on the skateboard drinking uh, Ocean Spray cranberry juice, uh, there has been no word that the Twisted Tea people are looking to give this guy any extra praise or any extra sponsorship. But it's just one of those things that sort of happen. And in the day and age we are right now where everyone has a camera and a broadcasting uh, ability device in their, their, their pocket, broadcasting ability device, anything can happen. And when anything happens, anyone can capture it and get something out of it. This is one that will probably die fairly soon, but because of the viral nature of the actual story, and like I said, it took a few days for someone to write it up. It was written up in Borough Bible. That's one of our, oddly enough, bigger contributors because the aggregator I use pulls some things, a lot of things from from that. I'm not sure what it says about the aggregator or me, but this is one that's probably going to die down fairly quickly at this point in time, but you may see this one turn into a meme that's worthy of reusing for quite a bit as well. Let's move to the story at number nine this week. This story is posted on Wednesday, the 30th of December. Bumping response from the number 10 story, 15.58%. The headline reads like this. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's existence is pointless in self-exile, royal expert claims. What does that mean? An expert in the royals, which is big, a really big deal over there. People basically, they're, they're like essentially gossip columnist guys. But they actually gossip about the royals, which you would think they'd have very little to talk about, but they find a lot to do. There's a lot of royal watching that still goes on, even in this day and age. They have decided, or this guy has decided, that just watching Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in their role as not exactly Duke and Duchess is doesn't really do anything. There's... Nothing they do because they have essentially esconded their roles as being royals that makes them interesting or useless for the monarchy. In fact, one of the things that was pointed out was the fact that um, Prince William and, and and his wife are doing a lot for the people in UK dealing with coronavirus and dealing with you know the economy there and just being, if, if anything, cheerleaders for the common man, even though they are royals. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle aren't doing that. In fact, they live in the United States. They're, I guess, for all practical purposes, 
since they're technically not getting paid as being royals, although they technically are, they, you know, they're mooching off other people. They're starting new new deals and stuff and trying to make their own way. But a lot of the rumors on Harry's side saying he's kind of bored and, and just kind of exiled from his from just life itself because he can he can't do anything. He can't do his normal stuff. He liked being in the military. He liked doing all that type of stuff, but he can't really do that without the the title of duke or prince basically about how he is so right now royal watchers and one in particular says them being in self-exile them putting himself off the island by their own choice makes them pretty much useless pointless exactly the quote to whatever royal work is being done at number eight espn's booger mcfarland takes african-american nfl players to task amid Dwayne haskins saga Tuesday, the 29th of December, we posted that one, a bump in response of 8.99% from the story at number nine. Now, this is an interesting story, and this is one that, as I say often, this is not necessarily a black D black 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 thought podcast, but because I am black, a lot of black D black black thought types of things pop in into the listings because they catch my attention, and when you catch their attention as well, whether you're black D black black thought or not, it makes a big deal and it means a lot to me. Now, this is one an interesting one because this is one that is controversial on both sides. Booger McFarlane is a name known well to people who follow college and NFL football and a name that was pretty big last season when he was the color commentary, one of the guys doing commentary for Monday Night Football. It may not be as big as it was, but it's still a pretty big thing. Uh, he was shifted off that route because he was shifted off because of ratings, essentially. A lot of people complaining about what was going on in, in Mr. Booger's life. Mr. McFarland's life. So he's doing more commentary and more studio work right now. And two weeks ago, we went into the big deal about Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is the first round draft pick of the Washington football team who was benched and, and cut uh, for doing stupid stuff, basically running around town, going to parties and, 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 and during the COVID stuff, not wearing a mask and not being just not being a responsible person. He said his mea culpas. He said his apologies. We'll see if he gets picked up anytime soon by anyone. Of course, the season's kind of wrapping up, so we'll see what happens basically for next year. And Booger McFarlane went to task at the African-American NFL players, a large swath, pointing the fingers mostly at Haskins because of what he did, but saying that a lot of the African-American players, culture-wise, because they get paid a lot of money to play a kid's game, they don't quite understand the fact that there are rules and regulations and things that must be applied to. And so since they don't do that, they don't take it seriously. He named off many young players, mostly quarterbacks, who threw away a whole lot of stuff because they were too into the party life and too into themselves and had the money and the backing to make things happen. Now, this twofold backlash, number one, it's one of those things where you don't air your dirty laundry to the rest of the folks. And this is more or less a statement like this is a family statement, family as in black, 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 black thought family. So this is not necessarily a, a thought process that is foreign to people in the black community. What it is, is a problem when you air it out for other folks to know what your business is. And so a lot of people not happy with Mr. McFarland for bringing this up because now it shows that we're not, uh, you know, it, it, it shows a side of us that we may not all be unified in thought, which should be a good thing. But for some cases, it, it confuses people who aren't black, 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 black thought type people. It's, 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 it's just how we are. And it's very how we are in this decade. We saw last year with all the 
all the uh, racial unrest on, on things that seemed like they were simple, but turned out to not be so. So having someone call out the family for not being able to, you know, hold up to ideals and hold up to responsibility is a thing where you basically you're airing out family business. The second thing, which which gets complicated even more, is that a lot of people tossed out Johnny Manziel and a bunch of other folks, mostly quarterbacks, who went to the NFL, happened to be white, and threw away their privilege for being really stupid as well, which makes it sound like a double standard to call out African-American players. But here's where it goes. And if you don't understand this, I'm going to explain it quickly and then move on. Other people's kids can be terrors at the grocery store, but it's not your responsibility to scold other people's kids. Unless they're doing something really, really dumb, then it's not your responsibility. In fact, most cases, if someone's kid is acting up and you say something, that parent's going to look at you crosswise as it's why you're talking to my kid, even if they're doing really stupid things. Now, if you're at the grocery store and your kid does something really stupid, you have the right to pop them on the butt and tell them not to do, not to do that. You can scold your kids and punish your kids within reason, of course, uh, for what they're doing right or wrong. You can tell your people, tell your friends and family, tell people in your purview that you're disappointed in their actions, that they're not doing so great, that they need to step up. And they can, in in turn, listen or not listen, and that's your own family dynamic. You can't just scold regular people who are just out on the the street. If they're a public figure, sure, that's, that's fine to certain points. But you can't just tell random people that they're they're doing a bad job because you, you're not their boss and you have no control of that. You can't tell your kids, other people's kids, that they need to do better in school because they're not your kids and you're not your responsibility. So in this case, Booker McFarlane looking out for us is telling us that we need to do better and think better and doesn't necessarily care about Johnny Manziel in an us fashion. In a greater global scale, sure, but not necessarily. From that, we move on. Number seven, spirited away, nearly two decades old reign atop Japan's all-time box office rankings has come to an end as runaway anime blockbuster Demon Slayer took to the record this weekend. Monday, the 28th of December, when we posted this one, bump in response 2.06 from the story at number eight. And I, when I did this, to be honest, um, the Hollywood Reporter is where we got the story from, but the headline came from some other place because it was the, basically a very long, in fact, I think it came from a tweet, very long explanation of what this thing is. Spirit Away, the very beloved anime, as I said, been on top for about two day, decades as a reign in Japan because they love anime and they love the story, uh, has been knocked off, oddly enough, by a new story called Demon Slayer for two reasons. Number one... In Japan, they were able to lock down themselves and lock out a lot of the issues with coronavirus pretty quickly. So most of their economy and most of their businesses, most of their public spaces are open. And because you can say it's culture or or just the size of the actual place, although in living in Japan, people are essentially living on top of each other. They're able to manage and work and live and do things in a better manner around people without having to be so far away from people. So movie theaters are open. You can go to a movie theater without any serious heartburn. And number two, Demon Slayer, the story is about perseverance and overcoming, which is essentially the theme uh, for 2020 other than dumpster fire. 
So if you can think on the positive, while most of it was a dumpster fire, there's a lot of things that happened uh, very, very good. For a lot of people, had a lot, very good 2020, and we'll talk about that a little, a little bit later as well. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of things in 2020 that was basically just perseverance, getting through the day, getting through the week, getting through the year type stuff that survivors do. It's a story of survival, and people survived. They wanted something on that level. That allowed Demon Slayer to make that much money on a record weekend as a top box office of ranking over Spirited Away, which is a beloved story around the world, but because it's anime and Japanese-based, that's why Spirited Away has been so big for nearly 20 years. Moving on to the story at number six. Officers fairly shoot man in exchange of gunfire during Minneapolis traffic stop. Thursday, the 31st of December, the New Year's Eve, is when we posted this, and this happened essentially the night before on the 30th. Bump in response of 8.08% from the story at number seven. What did this story actually mean? There hasn't been a lot of updates to this story. There's been a lot going on in a short amount of time that's gone through. But here's the basic playout of the actual ordeal. A man was stopped in a traffic stop driving uh, in a vehicle with uh, n- other passengers as well. The man that was stopped was wanted on some other felony uh, arrest uh, warrants. So they were basically looking for him, and the traffic stop was a way to get to them. Gunfire was exchanged. The man who was driving was shot. No one was killed. No one else was killed. Uh, and everyone else in the car was fine. Another officer was was injured but not killed. And the, the thing that was weird is because everyone has a recording device in their pocket, uh, it was captured on videotape, film, whatever you call it. It was broadcast in various spots. And from what the people who were around the area saw, it seemed like the guy who was being arrested, the guy who was being checked out, the guy driving the car in the traffic stop, fired first, open fired on the officers. And then one of the officers killed him in the process. This led to um, a day of protest that day, led to a couple other protests throughout the rest of the week. And, of course, questions to be answered on why this happens. I have not been the biggest uh the biggest uh, bullhorn for these types of things, which you know, I've said they're obviously tragic and obviously bad, and they shouldn't be done. And I often, I will often, you know, because you know, you know the family and, and dirty laundry, uh, blame a lot of this on bad policing before it's just flat out racism. Although in many cases it is flat out racism, but here we have a situation where we'll have the details of the investigation. Everything will go through. All that stuff will be taken fine and dandy. Uh, but we're going to have to essentially come to terms with what's going on. Now, this happened in Minneapolis, and you know we had plenty of other things go down in Minneapolis or Minnesota this this, this year. So a whole lot of craziness to come, hopefully not as much with this one. But this is one where it seems like the the person who was being arrested or being checked out was the one who initiated what was going on. We'll see deeper later on, I'm sure, and hopefully we'll get something closer to a truth. There's always my side, your side, and what actually happened. Hopefully what actually happened will 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 prevail as the main source of knowledge, and we'll overcome with that. At number five, Deadliest Catch, Nick Galashian, dead at 33. Monday, the 28th of December is the day we posted that one. This story gets a bumping response of 12.15%. 
The Deadliest Catch star Nick McGlashan, a, a story that I basically posted extremely late in the day because it was something that, that happened and I, I didn't know how well people respond to it. Well, you guys showed me. You guys were into Deadliest Catch, into the character, and responded to that story in kind. Uh, it's it's You go to the website, thisistheconversation.com, click the link for this week's podcast, and you'll get the main story and the obituary and what goes along with those types of stories. We, of course, um, are mourning the loss to the family and the friends and the people who work with them. But this is, like I said, a story that I put in to fill a time spot to make sure we had something to post, and you guys basically make it intentionally to move it to the top five spot this week. So you guys are very intent on this being a conversational story other than the craziness that if you're in the States, that's the U.S. and, of course, around the world, coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. At number four, girl killed, many injured as earthquake strikes Croatia, Slovenia shuts nuclear power plants. Tuesday, the 29th of December, we posted this one with a bumpy response of 3.33% on this one. And this is one that uh, popped up in my purview as I was watching the news preparing one of our daily uh, uh, podcast pop daily newsletters for eight things to talk about. Yes, we're still producing eight things to talk about, even in pandemic times, even with people not necessarily going to water coolers. Look for that at our website. This is the conversation.com and click on the link for eight things to talk about. Sign up for that newsletter. Absolutely free. We are, we do appreciate you clicking on any sponsors to help us keep that thing going. But this is one that as I was watching the morning news popped in and then we pulled it in and pulled it, made it a priority into the listing of things being posted out there. And you guys, saw as a big deal. Um, not many people were ultimately hurt in the earthquake, uh, but it struck it struck Croatia, Slovenia, and the, the, basically it was big enough to cover a large swath of the Balkan area and, and had them shut down some nuclear power plants in the process just for safety reasons. No actual updates did we get to the story other than the fact that you know everything's back to as normal as possible to still clean up, still things work on that end. But it was a um, crazy, uh, crazy week for stories like that. And as that one popped up into the feed, it was one that you guys picked up on, maybe because it was international, maybe because it was just that big as a, a breaking news story to break into the craziness that was Washington and coronavirus through the day uh, enough to uh, get them off that thought process and onto something else. At number three, Trump supporter and Fox News star Geraldo Rivera said that the president is acting like an entitled frat boy since losing the election. Tuesday, no, I'm sorry, Sunday, the 27th of December, so this one lasted quite a bit, with a bumpy response from the number four story of 3.85%. What does that mean? Well, here's what that means. As the election, the election of 2020 in the United States gets further and further into actually being history and actually being overly discussed because we came to an actual conclusion that Joe Biden is the winner over Donald Trump by about 7 million votes, which margin, margin of victory may not be very much when both of the guys got over 70 million votes, but it's still 7 million votes is you know percentage wise and number wise are 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 done. Joe Biden is the president elect. Donald Trump is going to be the outgoing president. Currently, we call him a lame duck president, not because it's we like loser talk, but that's just the term for it. Because he his his term is 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 basically numbered. His his time is going to end in about two weeks at this point. 
So what he what he gets done between here and there, he can't plan for anything long term because he can't he has no say past January the twentieth. But he's still fighting this thing, and there's bigger, bigger, much more important stories about his fight to keep being president than this headline here. But this headline here is. It's part of the fracturing of the cult of Trump, his cult of personality and people who are, you know, basically falling on their swords and, and other people's swords to defend President Trump and defend his presidency by Geraldo saying, dude, you lost. You got to let this thing go. Uh, you'll hear more talk coming up this week as the next Congress is sworn in and all the shenanigans that we're expecting to happen from people who are trying to trying to uphill up hand up end the election and uphold the presidency of Donald Trump. That's a, that's a whole bigger issue than what this headline says, but this headline is a very simple statement. People are starting to fall out of love with Donald Trump, or at least fall out of love with the Donald Trump craziness uh, because they're seeing, you know, reality. We don't know Donald Trump's heart. We don't know why exactly he's pushing this. We don't know if he truly believes this or he's just running from something. But in about two weeks, we will have a new administration here in the United States. And then we can start complaining about Joe Biden being Joe Biden because that's what we do. We'll complain about whoever's in office because that's what we do. And that's what we're supposed to do. Complain about the guy in charge. We'll stop complaining about the guy no longer in charge because he no longer in charge. At number two. Downtown Nashville explosion linked to vehicle buildings, damage, injuries, unknown. Let me read that again. Like I actually know I can read. Downtown Nashville explosion linked to vehicle, buildings, damage, injuries, unknown. This is the original headline that we have from Christmas Day, December 25th. And the bump in response for this story is 183.96%. Now, this is not the only story we had here. This is a super story. What we call super stories are when we combine headlines to different stories that are essentially updates or essentially retellings of the story. Or sometimes when we don't post right, we may post a story in there twice. So we basically combine all of the numbers from it and we ignore so much when it was posted. Although we look at what one was either the most prominent or the original headline or the actual ending of the uh, of the of the of the scenario, the the end of the thing, and it wraps it all up. This is one. This is the first one we posted on Friday on Christmas Day, very early in the morning, or early enough for it to, to happen. Essentially, a few hours, uh, if if even that much, as it happened. And of course, more stories came out with the identity of you know the weirdness that they were playing downtown in, in, in before it went off the fact that he was giving commentary or giving a, 10, a 15 minute countdown for happening the officers who were involved in clearing out the, the area the fact, fact that there was a confusion between eight to two facilities that were down the street from each other and that what looked like the whole point of this thing was to disrupt communications because many people lost the ability to communicate because what it was essentially was a communications station for AT&T nondescript building and not a lot of people in there, essentially computers and, and whatnot, but that's what happened. It's been over a week in real time since this thing happened. And we've learned a lot from what's going on other than except for the true actual motive for this, this incident we've learned about a relationship he had a year ago told that he was into bomb making and into other thoughts uh, some of the conversations they had with coworkers and friends that said he basically he liked to smoke pot and, and re- really hated police. But how this thing all came together is 
going to be, unfortunately, a mystery probably for much longer than we want it to be. People will look to see, figure out how close they can get to the real reason for this thing to happen. And that's a good thing. But the fact that it happened, the fact that it happened under the radar, there's no no, no sense of that this is anything jihadish, anything uh, domestic terrorism is, uh, anything to do with anything that's that's some sort of group. Just one guy who had the means and was just a little bit off and made this big thing happen. And now we reach the number one story for this week and the fanfare that comes along with it. This story gets a bump in response from the number two story of 6.02%. So the combination of all the stories on the national bombing, still this one overlapped that one by just a bit. The the super story aspect, still going to be number two, just number two by leaps and bounds. The story at number 10, which is a story on the drunk dude getting hit by the twisted tea can, this story is more responsive to this one than 400 or by 425%. And the story at number 187, the almost relevant story of the week, we'll tell you what that is in a moment. Uh, it's more responsive than it by 100 or 13,400%. Can't read it without the commas apparently today. This story is the top Twitter story, which basically means that's why it's at the very top. And it didn't take too much, like just said, 6.02% to be tops over this number two story on the downtown bombing in Nashville. But it was enough, and you guys thought this was the most conversational one. And oh yeah, we got commentary. Hillary Baldwin responds to accusations she has been pretending to be Spanish. Sunday, the 27th of December, when we posted this one. And so this one, not a super story, just one post, lasted that long to be the top story of the week per se you. Who is Hillary Baldwin? Hillary Baldwin is Alec Baldwin's current wife. And I had to make sure because there's like 300 Baldwin. Alec Baldwin's current wife is Hillary Baldwin. She was essentially born, or was actually born in Boston, and says she moved to Spain fairly soon after that and grew up mostly in Europe, and then come back to states to be Spanish. Now, a lot of people have been picking at her for various reasons, uh, dropping her Spanish accent at weird times, uh, not exactly being uh, affluent in some of the mannerisms and some of the cultural things that someone who was once raised in Spain should have been there. And someone actually basically blasted and said, but she from Boston, why is she saying she from Spain? So, uh, the the real story, I guess, were the actual com- uh, people just accusing her of being uh, a pretender. And then she responded to her pretending or accusations of pretending and her husband, Alec Baldwin, as well. This is a one that I guess I should not be um, I guess I should not be surprised it made it number one because it is a pretty big tabloidish looking thing to talk about. And so there you have it. And a lot of things that pop up, especially with the quick Twitter responses are tabloidish type things that happen. Why anybody initially cares about Hillary Baldwin? Probably not at all. Other than the fact that she is married to Alec Baldwin and they care more about what he's doing than anything else. But the fact that she is, let's say high society for lack of better terms and doing this major fake off and will probably continue to do a major fake off because I'm not sure how you mea culpa pretending to be Spanish. Although there was all the time talk about Gwyneth Paltrow when she was talking in a British accent, all of a sudden, and even they joked on on Saturday Night Live about you know her. She did a um, she she did a, a guest star in Saturday Night Live, and she did her monologue with a British accent. And Ben Affleck showed up, was like, "But you're not British." Stuff like that. 
why people need to pretend to, to be higher society. Maybe she needed to do that to get in the radar of Alec Baldwin originally. Maybe Alec Baldwin put her up to it. I don't know. Uh, but I, I can't really be the poster child for saying people to get real because they have to live with their own demons, their own thought processes, their own processes as well. I don't care for Hillary Lee Bolton, not because I don't care for her, but just don't, don't know her. She's not in my radar. And so hopefully she'll figure this thing out and people will stop making fun of her. And if they don't, that's life is life is what it is. And the story, at, well, the story at 187, let's just go through the engagement numbers first and some of the numbers, but the story at 187 is another one that uh, is a kind of a cool one, kind of a fun one, kind of good to have it in there. And this one actually falls in line with how this podcast and how this countdown actually works. Cause it is a story that was posted late in the, in the workings posted on Friday before we shut down the, the closing and it just did not get enough response traction to do anything. It probably wouldn't have enough response to mean anything going forward into the top 10 because it was so low, but you know, maybe we will. I mean, it's, it's still on the countdown. People can still respond to it. Just when we cut it off, it had very little response. In fact, uh, higher than normal, to be honest, 0.15, which is normal than the, normally 0.03 or so. So you've got that. And part of that's probably because we were a little slow on getting things done. It was a holiday and in, in, in action as well. But the response, the engagement for the top story, if we didn't say it already, 20.23% for that story on Hillary Baldwin. So the maybe fake Spanish person got 20% of all the engagement this week. In kind, all the talk about downtown Nashville's explosion, barely almost there, 19.09%. So just percentage-wise, about you know less than a percent or a little more than a percent difference on that one. And because of that, the top 10 stories with you know just 40% on the first two stories got 81.97% of the responses. Everybody else was essentially in range, just those other two stories that were overkill. Uh, that made it happen, and a lot of a lot of holes in the in the numbers this week as well because there was less stories. Uh, we, we try to shoot for around 210 stories this week, only 187 stories. So less stories means more engagement. The almost rans, the 11 through 15 stories outside of the range, uh, came up to be extremely high this week as well, 17.88 percent. It just sort of happened that, there, like I said, there were less stories this week, so there was more chances for all those to add up to a bigger number. And if there was less engagement at the top, it would have turned out different. As I already said, 0.15% engagement, so not even a full percent, but normally this story at the very bottom is 0.03%. That's normally where it is. We already told you that it's 13,400% less responsive than the top story. It was posted on January 1st, that Friday, uh, very early in the morning, so it didn't get a lot of love. But this is a story that I actually do love. Headline, British teen pays for college by naming Chinese babies so they can have email accounts. InsideEdition.com did this one as essentially one of their, their little cheeky stories to kind of fill the gap. But it literally is what it is. A teenager in Britain gets paid a lot of money. A lot of money for people in China for giving their babies or giving them suggestions for baby names. And she's doing that so that the babies can eventually get real, actual, decent email accounts because it's hard to, let's say, the Chinese alphabet and the translation back and forth to a lot of these things, it's hard to make things that actually work out very well. So in that case, this British teen who is, I guess, the the baby name whisperer for China 
is getting paid lots of money to do this thing. Check out the link at our website, thisistheconversation.com, the week for this week's podcast. Links for all the stories we covered here in the countdown, plus every other story as well. There's a link to all the stories you pulled out and list for this rundown sheet we have. Every single story we covered this week that was posted is there at thisistheconversation.com. For the show, you look for the week ending January the 2nd, 2020. And it's just that simple. And we are simply done. We're out of time. Very quickly for engagement this week, uh, Facebook engagement down, as you expect, with a lot of people off work or offline for family stuff. Only 5.94% of engagement on the Facebook this week. And for Twitter, 94.06. So that is amazingly high, but it's still more or less the numbers themselves about the same, just the engagement on Facebook a little less this week. So we love more Facebook engagement. Follow us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation and make sure that you subscribe. But make sure we're default in your feed so you see us often. Come look for us, too, because you'll see things there as well. On Twitter, just follow us at TH underscore conversation and join the, the fray on there. Remember, this podcast, this movement, the project, uh, the, the conversation project is powered by you. If you want to help us keep things powered, stop our website, thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships and find out if one of our partnership avenues is one that you can join into. And if not, just click a link on any of our advertisements. We get affiliate commissions from those. It could be either inside of our our podcast. We'll talk about things here. Click a link inside of our newsletter, also at the website and inside the feed. Just click a link, and those, those advertisers take care of you. We get a little bit of commission for just bringing you in there. So we thank you for that. Most important thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast. We are anywhere that your pods can be caught, as we say. So uh, look for us in whatever catcher you're looking for. And if you can't find us and you you know you get tired of going to the website to find us, uh, email me at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. We'll figure out why we can't be found. We found last year one of the biggest reasons we did not have the growth that we expected was some issues in our reporting with our pod our, or our podcast uh, host hosting service. And we we post a lot of podcasts via the more better media, larger umbrella of my of my business. But for some reason, this podcast has had issues with uh, essentially tracking it in the right places. And it turned into some serious issues. So we had to do some changes there. No, nothing that really affects you. But let us know where you find us so we can make sure that we know where we're being found. We thought we were being found in some places. And, and the reporting told us that more people were coming to places that didn't quite exist. That becomes a problem when you're trying to go for funding and trying to show people how your numbers are and your numbers aren't quite right. And so we know the numbers are there. We just couldn't find them because our reporting wasn't working properly. We think we fixed that by finding a new reporter and hopefully you can help us out as well. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Let us know where you subscribe so we can make sure that we are being found where we're telling people they can be found, which is anywhere your pods are cast. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this journey. We cannot do this, literally cannot do this without you because you tell us what stories are actually the most important of the week. And then I come back and just take a, a, a spreadsheet and tell you what stories you told us were the most important and most conversational. Bigger things are coming. Great things are coming for the upcoming year. So hopefully you'll be around with us for that. If you want to be a part of us, part of it, email us and we'll get to chatting. Otherwise, get ready for another great episode of this podcast. Oh, check out the feed this week and you might get a little, might think you're seeing double. You're going to also get a podcast we recorded uh, a few days ago about the top stories of the year. And it's the top 15 stories that we produced for you told us 
uh, for the year, reduced into a, a format that basically is the same as this thing. We, we don't go deeper into the details. It wasn't as quick and scientific and, and, and even as this one is because it's a whole year. But uh, if, I think we're going to kick out the stories that were the tops. Remember a few stories that you didn't quite remember. Uh, but apparently when they happened, we thought they were the tops. So check out this week's the yearly wrap-up with Jacob Payne and prepare yourself for next week when we give you another weekly wrap-up with Jake the Payne of the stories you thought this week were the most conversational. So, until next week, we'll see you then.